You may be seated. Children are dismissed to head down to Children's Chapel. Push. Pray until something happens. Man was sleeping one night and in his cabin when suddenly his room filled with light and God appeared. And the Lord told the man he had work for him to do and showed him a large rock in the front of his cabin. The Lord explained that the man was to push against the rock with all his might. So this man did this day after day after day. For many years he toiled from sunup to sundown, his shoulders set squarely against the cold massive surface of the unmoving rock, pushing it with all of his might. Each night the man went back to his cabin, he was sore, he was exhausted, and he was worn out, feeling like the whole day was spent in vain. Since the man was showing discouragement, the adversary, which we know who is Satan, decided to enter the picture by placing thoughts into the weary mind. And he will do that to you every time. You've been pushing against that rock for a long time and it hasn't moved. Thus he gave the man the impression that the task was impossible and that he was a failure. These thoughts discouraged and disheartened this man. Satan said, come on, why kill yourself over this? Just put in your time. Give the minimum effort and that will be good enough. That's what the weary man planned to do, but decided to make it a matter of prayer and to take his troubled thoughts to the Lord. Lord, he said, I have labored long and hard in your service, putting all my strength to do that which you have asked. Yet after all this time, I haven't even budged that rock a millimeter. What is wrong? Why am I failing? The Lord responded compassionately. My friend, when I asked you to serve me and you accepted, God bless you, I told you that your task was to push against the rock with all of your strength. And you've done that. Never once did I mention to you that I expected you to move it. Your task was to push it. And now you come to me with your strength spent, thinking that you have failed. But is that really so? I mean, just look at yourself. Look at your arms. Look at the strength. I mean, they're muscled, they're shiny, they're strong. Your hands are calloused from constantly pushing against that rock. Your legs have become massive and they're strong and there's strength that's there. Through opposition, you've grown much. And your abilities now surpass that which you used to have. It's very true. You haven't moved the rock. But your calling was to be obedient and to push and to exercise your faith. Trust in my wisdom. That 
you have done. Now I, my friend, will move the rock. At times when you hear the word of God, we tend to use our own intellect to decipher what he wants. When actually, what God wants is just simple obedience and faith in him. By all means, exercise the faith that moves mountains. But know that it is still God that moves that mountain. When everything seems to go wrong, just push. When the job gets you down, just push. When people don't do as you think they should, just push. When your money is all gone and the bills are all due, just push. When people just don't understand you, just push. Pray until something happens. I think a little girl can show us just what prayer is about. Now here's the Lord's Prayer sung with meaning. I hope this blesses your heart. Isn't that a, just precious? What we can learn from a child. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Are you guys all saying that's Dong's little sister? I knew you guys were harassing him over there. Do you sing like that, Dong? Close to it, right? <laughs> Next week we'll have you sing it. Turn, if you would, please, in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Sing it, Doris. Amen. It, you know, when I hear that little girl sing that song, I just think it just moves me because, you know, that's exactly how the song is written. And she just really embraces, as a little two-year-old, how do you sing a song like that? but yet to be filled with the Spirit of God. And I love that as we move forward here this morning, I'm excited because as we pray until something happens, as we push, we're going to push and push and push till God does something. How many of you want to see God answer prayer in your life? How many of you want to say, I want to see God real in my life? Amen. All of us can say that. Prayer. It's communication to God. Supplication is showing that honor and that respect, that authority with humility and adoration for God the Father. Here was Paul. He wrote a letter, and I'll give you just a a premise to where we're headed here this morning. But Paul was in prison. And Epaphroditus was actually one of uh, Paul's I want to say uh, mentor or was a mentor underneath Paul and was a successor to to what Paul was going to do. And so the church of Philippi ended up telling him, you know what, we want you to go back and we want to give you these words of encouragement to Paul. Paul's already had the transformation on the road to Damascus as he changes his name from Saul to Paul as the spirit of the Lord came down and changed his life abundantly. And so he saw God do a work in and through his life. So now here's a young man who, you know, is now sending a letter and sending some messages back from the church that Paul planted. The whole book of Philippians is a book where it says, count it all joy. We said this morning, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. We have joy in our heart and in our life. But yet I think comes with prayer and the answer to prayer is joy that's in and through our life. Here's Paul as he's sitting in prison. And he's writing this book. And he's encouraging the church. And he's telling the church, don't give up. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. To have that relationship with God far supersedes anything else. This morning, as we read this text, as we read this verse... I want you to make it your own. I want you to realize that there was a man who wrote this in the midst of a big storm of his life. Here was a man who was throwing people into jail, but yet now Paul is in jail and he's being persecuted for his stand in Christ. Leslie's right. We won't bow our head because we're ashamed and embarrassed. We're afraid somebody's going to say something when we pray. And oftentimes when we pray, we do it like this. Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. Make sure nobody sees us. But when persecution hits our lives, we cry out to God and we ask God to start doing a work in our life. Because let me tell you something. I want to pray. Is Luke back there, Allie? Okay, I just want to turn down just a little bit. So, when, so what ends up happening is as we, we pray and, and we, we bring our petition to God, we bring our thankfulness to God, 
We want to have that relationship. Listen, church, I don't want you to be religious. I don't. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's religion all over America. There's religion in every church. There is religion in everything. We go in the church and, you know, I run into people all the time every week and here's what they say and do. Well, um, you know, at our church, we practice it this way. So what are you doing for Lent? I said, I don't practice Lent. I practice Lent all year long. I don't just take a month in observance. You know, isn't it amazing? Hallmark World has just set the tone for everybody. It's sweetest day. You better buy a card. It's Valentine's Day. You better buy a card. And now because we in our Christian or religious circles have now set this precedent that we will do and we will act a certain way because it's expected of us. And if you don't do it, shame on you. I want you to practice your Christ-like faith every single day of your life. I want you to just put everything aside. And as Paul said, listen, church, you're facing some hardship right now. I know I was a missionary to the church and I planted that church, but I just want you to know right now, you can do all things through Christ to give you the strength. You will be able to move on. Timothy will stop in. Epaphroditus will stop in. He'll check on you. Let's move forward. That's true discipleship. But I want you to know this. Be confident of this very thing. I'm going to pray for you. I know I'm in these walls. And praise God, I'm in these walls where the Lord's brought me to a place where I can get on my face and I can cry out to God and I can just say, Lord, I know who I am, but I know whose I am. And today, I know that I persecuted Christians, killed Christians, but today I'm going to suffer and I'm suffering for you. And so it took him a long time to write just those few short chapters that has changed the course of our lives. Ask, seek, and knock. He stands at the door and He's asking. He's seeking your life. He's knocking at your heart's door and saying, will you just open it up? I love what it says, and let's read it together in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, by communication with God, by supplication, a humble and sincere appeal to God. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind. Through Christ Jesus. He says, be anxious for nothing. Seems like an impossibility. We all have worries on the job. In our homes, at school. But Paul's advice is to turn our worries into prayers. Kind of difficult though. Don't you want to worry less? Wouldn't it be great? Then pray more. Whenever you start to worry, then you just pray. And you continue to pray. And you pray. And you pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. 
If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Dear Lord, I thank you for this food. Bless it to my body. Amen. We all have prayers that we've said, you know, throughout time. God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our food. By our hands we are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. We all have little prayers that we've prayed through life. But how about this? How about communicating with God? How about bringing a heart full of thanksgiving instead of just a heart full of wants and needs? When you start to worry, let God start to do a work. Paul said, listen, I'm the one who has to worry about everything. I'm going to die. But he wants you to fall deeper in love with him. And as you do that, you'll experience prayer in a different way. I was sharing with our discipleship class this morning. I said, you know, I have been, and next week I'll be putting up on the, on the screen a website you can go to. And I wish I had my phone and I meant to get it, it's, but that's all right. I don't need it. I want you to know that uh, when we were at the men's conference, how many of you men plugged into the website where you get a text every day from Jesus? Anybody do that in here? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? There's my text. It came through. I thought my phone. Yeah. And here's what he said. It's, it's amazing because it's a program that this gentleman has you know, put forth, and, and I'll let you guys know what it is. And in the midst of my day, he'll say things like this. Hello, Todd. And you put, put in your name, and it's so every day it comes three or four times. One day I got four. One day I got none. Some days you get two, and it says it's supposed to come twice a week. But uh, it'll say, hello, Todd. I just want you to know you're important to me. And you're a value to me. I just want you to know I love you. Jesus. You know, sure, it's kind of bizarre. And that's all the text is. And you look at it because it comes through and you forget about it. And you look at it and you think, wow. That's amazing. That just kind of moves me and motivates me and encourages me and, and helps me to think, you know what, I've got to do that. Thank you, Lord. Right now, I just want to think more and more about you. Woke up this morning at 4 a.m. and laid in bed and said, Dear Lord, I just want to talk to you. I just want to communicate with you. I want to tell you what we did yesterday. Well, I started off the day. We got up. I got my shower. Then we left, went to the church. Beck got some things done. I got some cleaning done. Then we went to Best Buy. I left Best Buy. Took the girls over to Taco Bell. And uh, when we left there, we went home, stayed home for a little bit. We ran over to Walmart. I'm talking to him like I normally would communicate with God in prayer. But, you know, it's something because, as he says in the scriptures in Matthew, and last week we referenced it in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, when the disciples said, you know, you know Jesus, how are we to pray? And he says, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Even though I start off my prayer, he wants us to realize his holiness. But yet I know that he also wants to know that you're communicating with him and that you're talking with him and that prayer is important in your life. Listen, church, we come here, we sit, but I want you to embrace what prayer is truly about. It is amazing. And it's a relationship of a lifetime. See, I don't want to have to kneel down next to my bed and say, God, tonight, be with my children. Let me name off my wife, my kids, all of them. I want when I kneel down there 
that when I kneel next to that bed, he greets me there. And he says, well, hello, Todd. And as I pray, I know that he knows who I am. And that I'm just not saying, well, it's the end of the day, and I was taught when I was a little boy that I'm supposed to say my bedtime prayers. I want him to know that when I bow my head, that he knows my name. And that we can sense it, and we can feel his presence, and that we have a relationship that far supersedes any other relationship that we can have. That's prayer. Let me ask the Lord to bless this message. Father, bless this message this morning. Father, I pray that you'll help us to pray with thanksgiving, pray with honor, pray with reverence, pray with respect. And Father, this morning, as we come to you, Lord, and we've sung songs like, I love you, Lord. And we've even... As that little girl sang the Lord's Prayer. Lord, as she gets older, she'll realize just the power of that prayer. So God, this morning, speak through me. Teach us what prayer is all about. In your name we pray. Amen. Three points this morning. Ask, seek, and knock. Turn over to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. The three imperatives ask, seek, and knock are in the present tense of the original language, suggesting both perseverance and frequent prayer. Fervent and continual prayer is to be made on behalf of those for whom we are concerned. God promises to answer All genuine prayer. Everything we need for spiritual success has been promised to us. And God leaves us no excuses for failure. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh it shall be opened. Do you guys circle that in your Bible? Asketh, seeketh, knocketh. Or what is man there of you whom, if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? Then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good gifts to them that ask of him? Last week we referenced the same text, and because of time this morning, I will not do that in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. But let's show you, what does ask mean? It means persistent In pursuing God. Ask. And what's it say? You tell me. Ask and it shall. Okay, I guess this church doesn't believe it. Ask and it what? It shall be given. given. That's right. Like a child, you must ask before you receive. Luke chapter 11 verse 3 says, Give us day by day our daily bread. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15, and I'm going to read that here. You can follow with me if you'd like. We know it. We've heard it sung. After this manner, pray our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And it says, 
as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. We must go before our Father and ask. You know, as I, as I always picture that, and you guys can see it, I always think Jesus is standing at the door and He's just waiting to open up that door. But maybe He wants to take you through something in your life before you give up. Do you think for one minute that was a mistake what happened in Chardon? No, God uses situations to show His glory. Now, I'm going to show you something. Prayers have been uplifted. Amazing. The prayers are taken out of school. But we need to be there. God, it's time. Stop on in. We're here now. We need your help. We need you to bestow your peace and sustain us through this bereavement. God, help me. But what we need to do is, through that difficult time, we as Christians need to rally and explain why prayer is so important. People are going to Him. They're asking. But let me show you something. Two, they're seeking Him out. They're seeking Him out. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Seek, and you shall find. Which means to pursue or search for. Come on, how many of you loved hide-and-go-seek as a kid growing up? I, You know, I loved it. One of the greatest all-time games any child can play. They love playing it here in the church. I used to throw my kids in the dryer. I loved that. They're like, Daddy, where do I hide? I got an idea for you. In the dryer. I, they were toddlers. But Dad, can I get the door open? I know you're in here. Don't say a word. You know, but I won't shut the door. You know, so we'd, we'd prop it open. Then another great place was putting them in the... We had a trash closet. You stick them in the trash closet. And then the best one was this, of all times. Up above our trash closet in Edinburgh, there was our cereal. place where we had cereal. I would lift those babies up there and I'd shove them in the cereal box. <laughs> Caitlin would be looking all over the place for those kids and could not find them. And I'd like, do not say a word. But she went out to do something. She pursued. She sought out to find that baby. Actually, for Caitlin, there were a bunch of little girls. And I still had fun. It was my only way, you know, as a dad, to be able to play a great game. I couldn't fit up in the cereal box. I tried once, but it just doesn't work. And so I'm always trying to find great places. As you guys saw, hey, at the men's conference, there's Ron. I was hiding underneath the table. He's hiding behind the curtain. And I... <laughs> Hey, hide-and-seek is not too old for any of us. We as adults can still play it and have a great time. God assures us that all who honestly seek Him, who act in faith on the knowledge of God that they possess, will be rewarded. You must daily seek Him out. You must daily find Him. A. Can you have faith, belief, and trust to please Him? B. Do you believe He is, which translated means He exists? 
And see, do you believe God rewards faithful intercession? Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. Prayer means going to God and giving Him your all. Nothing greater I love than when we're worshiping around here that I can see people just start to pray. Let me tell you something. You're not praying at 8.30 in the morning at work. You've got a task. And you're there at work to fulfill that task. You can't be in that attitude of worship during that time. But you can't hear. That's what's great. That's what's exciting. Seek the person of Jesus Christ. God cannot reward you if you just make your request. You must seek Him. Do you hear me? God cannot reward you if you just make your request. You must seek Him. So we, meet, we need to what? Ask. We need to seek Him out. And then the Scripture says, knock. Do you ever pray and you say, is anybody home? Is anybody in there? Because it's not happening for me right now. You heard me say last week, 40 years this man prayed that someone would come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Have you prayed? Have you given up on prayer? As a Christian, let me tell you something. God is ready. He is standing behind that door. And as you get ready to knock, He's just busting. I believe this with all my heart. Busting to open up that door and say, Come on in. Let me bless your life. But you'll never know unless you start practicing it. You must go to God in prayer to communicate with Him, to show that honor and respect. Third, knock. And it will be opened unto you. Is that a promise? You, you see what's going on in Matthew 6? You know that's the Sermon on the Mount. That's Jesus speaking and saying, this is all you've got to do. And let me tell you something. When He speaks, I listen. And when He gives us a promise, I'm going to practice it. And I want you to do just the same. Don't give up. Just because you've lost heart. Buddy, I'm going to tell you right now, God wants you to come back to a place where He can bestow His blessings upon your life. Where He can pour out His favor upon your life. If you'll just knock. Isaiah 45.15 says, Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. God hides, you see, so that we are crucified in the flesh. Did you hear me say what? What did Paul do? He said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He hides from us so that we're daily crucified with Him. He wants us to do a little self-reflection. The change in our own walk with Him. We know we're not perfect. There's none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.10, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know we're sinners. And He knows that we're sinners. But praise God, we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm thankful for that hope. The old saying, Lord, I am waiting. Remember the little joke? Knock, knock. Who's there? Orange. Knock, knock. Who's there? Orange. Knock, knock, who's there? Apple. Aren't you glad I didn't say orange? I remember that when I was five. I just thought I'd share that with you. See, it never left my mind. See, you all laugh because you knew it before I even said it. You said that same tacky joke. Weren't you glad? Luke 18, 
I want you to go to Luke 18, and I, I'm going to kind of paraphrase this for you. Talking about knocking. Luke 18, 1 through 8, and this speaks of the parable of the persistent woman. She wanted protection immediately, but God says, wait. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Wow. Really? The men ought to pray and never to grow weary. Never to lose heart. Never to get exhausted. Keep praying and 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 praying till you're exhausted. You keep on praying. He says, never grow weary, never lose heart, do not grow faint. But he says in verse 2, saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, nor neither regarded man. He didn't respect men. There was a widow in that city, and she came on him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. Give me legal protection against my enemy. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her. And that word actually interpreted means I will vindicate her. I will give her what she's asking, lest by her continual coming she gets me worn out. I love it. She's going to keep coming until she says to him, Listen, I have a request. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to offer, I, I need some protection. And he looks at her and says, no. No, what I'm trying to say is I need some protection. And he says, no. No, what I'm trying to say to you is I need protection. Don't you guys love that, that consistency? Going back and going back and going back and going back. Jesus is giving this parable because here's what he's saying. Never grow weary. I'm on the other side of the door waiting to answer your prayer. What have you been praying for? How many of you have been praying a request? Raise your hands. I want to see something that you've been praying for. Don't you lose heart one bit. Don't you grow weary. Wouldn't it be great to have a prayer service where we all get up and say, I've been praying and God's answered prayer. I've been praying and God answered prayer. I've seen God real. I'm going to give you an illustration. Just last week what happened. You know, this was a great illustration for me because I said... I will not give up until I get what I want. And this is how it went. Well, Caitlin says, Dad, my tooth hurts. One of the doctors told us that her tooth was decaying. Well, we knew that because we looked in the mouth. and He says, well, I think it'll be fine for another six months to a year. I looked at doctor, the new doctor that we're going to, and I said, who in the world ever says that? And I said, on top of it, when we go back, her tooth. She needs a root canal because she's like, Dad, my... So we put $1,000 into that tooth. Yes, we did. And, um, and then the tooth breaks in half. Now she needs to have it extracted. We go to this doctor and the doctor tells us, well, what you need to do is uh, you need to see this oral surgeon and we don't have dental insurance. And so I'm like, great, wonderful oral surgeon. I hear the word surgeon and I start screaming and like running through the woods. And uh, so, you know, I'm thinking, well, that's just not like a $100 bill. That's like a lot of money. So we called him up and they're like... Um, sir, that's going to cost you $1,000. Oh, sure, let me just go right to my piggy bank and I'm going to dump out my change and I'll be paying for that this week. On top of it, she didn't have one, she had two. So, I prayed and I said, I'm going to be persistent. 
And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to my health insurance company. I'm going to ask them, do you know a good dentist in the area and so on and so forth? And, you know, do they provide great coverage? And do they do this type of work? So on, et cetera, et cetera. They're like, yes. And uh, so we found a a dentist in um, Coventry, right by Crystal's house, Dr. Embu. And he's phenomenal. Walked into that place. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16. John 3.16. John 3.16. He had these plaques all over. Then he had tracts that were given the gospel message. And I'm like, wow, this is impressive. I didn't tell you the rest of the story. So I said to her, I said, you know, you were referred to us through our health insurance company, so on and so forth. And tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do. And I said, here are the x-rays. And meanwhile, as I'm driving, I'm like, Lord... You know, I gained forty thousand dollars. We're going on vacation in a week and a half, and uh, so we ended up. I kept praying. I said, "But Lord, you're going to do something." I looked back before I left. I said, "God's going to do something." We get there, and she says, "Well, it's great because we have this insurance that we're just now offering. We do it twice a year. It's March and as well in September." So we went ahead and uh, got that insurance. It was three hundred seventy-five dollars. So our three seven, our thousand dollars, ended up becoming three seventy-five for the whole family. But let me tell you something. What's so exciting about it? is that Caitlin's extraction, because of the, the dental insurance that I bought, cost us $197. I didn't tell you something else, though. This is where that poor receptionist got weary. Because here's how it all went. I looked at her and I said, okay, we need to get our doctor in. I mean, we need to get our daughter in. And, and I loved how the, the, the dentist comes in and he looks at the x-rays. He's like, hmm... I'm looking at him like, I said, all right, tell me some good news. You can save that tooth. He goes, I sure can. I can take care of it. It's all going to be fine and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I thought, wow, this is amazing. So I said, all right, let's get her in this week. Well, I knew that was an impossibility because she already told me on the phone. And, and so I said, can we get her in this week? And she's like, no, I'm sorry, March 28th is the soonest we can get your daughter in. I looked at her and I said, are you serious? And I leaned across that counter and I said, do you know who I am? She looked at me and this dentist starts to grin. I said, I'm a Christian and I have a relationship with God and I'm not giving up until I get in this week. Dr. Imbo, he's standing there and he looks, now I'm leaning over a counter. He looks at me and says, well, he is a pastor. I'm sure he has connections with God. <laughs> so, it is so funny because I could not see her expression because Chris had a cold. And so she's looking at me. She's like, doctor, I'm serious. And she goes, well, you better be doing some hard praying because there's four people ahead of you. And I said, and I'm going to. We'll see you this coming week. She says, Okay, and she just kind of smirked. I get to the door and I open up the door, and Kayla's like, or, or Becky's like, come on, Todd. And I, and I thought, oh no. I said, excuse me, Chris, did something happen between now and then in the last 30 seconds? Because we need to get in this week. She's like, nope, still the same. I said, okay. I open up the door. Now, I just want you to know, I'm praying. God's working right. He is working right now. And she's laughing. She's probably thinking, yeah, this preacher's a nut job and a half. <laughs> so we, we get down the road. She calls. I love this. 
God's always at work. I get in the car and I said, Beck, you've got to pray. So we prayed. Lord, I know you know what we're going through. Lord, you need to do a work right now. You need to move that schedule around. Father, I know you can do it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We get down the road. We come back here to the church. We get this phone call. Hi, this is Chris from Dr. Embo's office. And there's a sigh. Okay, I think we can get her in. But not until March 7th. And I went, March 7th? No, that was not my prayer. (laughs) So I told Becky, that is not what I'm praying for. She's got to get in this week. Becky's like, okay. So I call her back. I'm like, hi, Chris. This is Pastor Todd. I just thought I'd call and tell you that I'm looking forward to coming in this week. I did get your message. We'll mark it down. But God is at work, and I hope to see you this week. She's like, okay. And there was like this pause. And you know what? It wasn't a half an hour. She calls and says, all right, you're in this week. (laughs) Glory. The Lord's always in the miracle working business. He says, never grow weary. Hey, if he's going to teach this parable to his disciples, I'm going to take it literal. I take everything in that Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelations. If it was wrote down and there's a dot and there's a T, it was meant for me. A lot of pastors say, well, you've got to understand that the Old Testament was meant for the Jew and the New Testament was for the Gentile, and so that doesn't apply to us. I look at him and go, really? You're boring me already. That whole Bible was meant for me, and I'm going to follow it. Amen. You know, we, we all lose sight. And what I want to tell you is this, that if we just keep being persistent and persistent, and we don't give up, that God will make something happen. And that wasn't a made-up story. That's real. Kaylin's had her teeth pulled, and we're all done. And we walked out of there, and this is what's exciting. God didn't just answer one prayer. He answered two. He said, all right, we're going to give... Her, I couldn't believe it because really when we were in there, she told us it was going to be like close to 300 bucks for that tooth. That was with our insurance and our deductible and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm like, okay. And uh, so at that point, I'm like, well, praise God. And when she says, well, I want to tell you, I know we, we talked about almost $300, but I want you to know that today was only 197 Well, I wanted to start shouting glory in the room, you know, because I was excited. Listen, when you have as many kids as I have, everything counts. You have to understand that. Every little penny. And so I was just thrilled. But I want you to realize that God wants to grant your petition and your request. Do you believe that? Let me hear you say amen. And I know I didn't go to him and say, Dear Lord, I need $1,000 because my electric's 1000 That's not what I was praying for. I was praying in just the simple of terms by saying, Lord, find me in the favor of this dentist's office. Let something miraculous take place. That's every day of my life. I do live favor-minded. Most people will say, really? I do. And God's blessed us. God has blessed me. Do we face hardship? Certainly. I face hardship because God's teaching me a lesson. Maybe he wants my face back down in the carpet to teach me a lesson. Romans 12.12 says this, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing, continuing instant in prayer. And I'm going to close with this thought. This was meant for the Jews as they were in exile. But in Second Chronicles 7.14 it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, 
and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Humility, praying, becomes seeking and turning, rewarding. God will answer. Solomon asked God to make provisions for the people who, who sin. God answered with four conditions for forgiveness. One, humble yourself by admitting your sin. Pray to God. Ask for forgiveness. Seek God continually and turn from the sinful behavior that you're in. True repentance is more than talk. It is changed behavior. Whether we sin individually as a group or as a nation, following these steps will lead to forgiveness. God will answer our earnest prayers. God's always in the miracle working business. And I'm going to tell you something. I have Victoria sitting there. Where's Caitlin? On the phone, huh? Or in the nursery or wherever, right? Please tell me that. I'm going to have to walk out those. No, just kidding. And, uh, so anyhow, I, I didn't see her in here, but and Megan's, I think, downstairs as well helping. But I'm going to tell you this, that I love speaking out loud to my kids. God's going to answer the prayer. And we've seen it. Amen? Have we seen it, Victoria? And uh, so it's exciting. Why don't you guys start doing that? Leading your families, leading your homes. Come on, Grandma. Come on, Grandpa. Come on, Aunt and Uncle. Whatever your reference of, of or area of reference says, or whatever your relationship is, let people see that you're making a difference because you're not giving up. God is good to me all the time, and I believe it. And I want you to believe it. God is going to turn around Chardon schools because souls are going to be saved and lives are going to be changed because the gospel of Jesus Christ will be preached over there and people will come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ because of the deaths that were taking place this past week. Yes, it grieves my spirit and my heart is saddened. But if we can get one more soul to heaven, hallelujah, then we've won the victory over Satan. That's what our Christian life's about. I want to read you this story, and I love this story. Last week, I took my children to a restaurant. My six-year-old son asked if he could say grace. As we bowed our heads, he said, God is great, and God is good. Let us thank Him for the food. And I would even thank you more if Mom gets us ice cream for dessert. And liberty for justice and for all. Amen. And you know, as I was reading this, if you've ever been with Lindsay, my daughter, every time we eat, ice cream has to be at the end of the meal. Dad, can we go get ice cream? The other night, she learned it. We left Jerry and Peggy's, and she was persistent on ice cream. She didn't let up from their house to the van, and she saw McDonald's coming. She's like, Dad, I'd really like to have ice cream. Dad, I'd, I'd love to have ice cream. Dad, ice cream would be great. And I hear Victoria make, come on, be quiet, would you? You're going to drive him crazy. Now he's going to say no because you've irritated him. No, she was persistent. What'd they get? They got their ice cream. I said, okay, get her to shut up. <laughs> she got her ice cream. So anyhow, it kind of reminded me of her, but I love how he was praying so that they would be able to get ice cream. Along with the laughter from the other customers nearby, I heard a woman remark, that's what's wrong with this country. Kids today don't even know how to pray. Asking God for ice cream, why I never... Hearing this, my son burst into tears and asked me, Did I do it wrong? Is God mad at me? As I held him and assured him that he had done a terrific job and God was certainly not mad at him, an elderly gentleman approached the table. 
He winked at my son and said, I happen to know that God. thought that was a great prayer. Really? My son asked. Cross my heart. Then in theatrical whisper, he added, indicating the woman whose remark had stated this whole thing, too bad she never asks God for ice cream. A little ice cream is good for the soul sometimes. Naturally, I bought my kids ice cream at the end of the meal. My son stared at his for a moment and then did something I will remember the rest of my life. He picked up his Sunday and without a word walked over and placed it in front of the woman. With a big smile, he told her, Here, this is for you. Ice cream is good for the soul and sometimes, and my soul is good already. Isn't it amazing what we can learn from children? I hope people can learn from your life. I hope and pray that people can learn from your testimony. I hope that they can see Christ in your life. And more than anything, can I just really plead and beg with you? Would you please, please start bringing your request to God? Man, He wants to bless you more than anything. What blesses me as a pastor is to see a congregation that loves God and that prays for whatever. I don't care what it is. It says with thanksgiving and supplication, make your request known. But God wants to do that. This morning, let me ask you this. Have you given up on your prayer life? Have you forgotten? Have you stopped praying? Have you stopped kneeling? Have you, in, in the midst of something, when somebody says, I need prayer, can you just stop right then and say, can I pray with you? right now and then look them in the eye and say God will answer your prayer God wants to and let me tell you this he's not going to make me a liar because this is his word he says ask seek and knock and it will be opened unto you it will be given to you because God loves you and he cares for you this morning I want you to receive it I want you to embrace it. And I want you during, during the time where we sing here in your presence this morning, more than anything, I want you to just, in the quietness of the sanctuary as we sing, and as your head is bowed, I want you to say, God, maybe I have given up on pushing that rock. I have forgotten how to pray until something happens. I have not seen really where in my life the prayer life is really strengthening me and helping me but this morning, God, I want you to do something in me and through me. Let God be real. Will you please let him? He wants to be. Let's all stand as we pray this morning. Father God, we come to you and we're thankful.